guys welcome to in the zone i'm your host garrison roy and uh you know if you're new to the podcast i want you to know that this only grows through word of mouth right so if you get any type of value out of this if you learn something if it makes you think even if it makes you laugh you know whatever it is please share the show because i don't do ads or sponsorships or monetize this in any way right all i ask is that you continue to pay it forward to share the show write a post about it or you know share it with a friend, put some good karma out there, right? It's a value exchange because we're just here to grow the games uh, of of baseball and, and today softball. So, um, yeah, we have a full-length interview today with uh, Courtney Hudson with CoachOutOfClick.com. Courtney, welcome on. All right. Thanks, Garrison. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's cool to kind of shift the perspective a little bit. I've had, you know, field coaches, private sector coaches, PTs, uh, people more like on the mindset side of things. Uh, so now having a softball coach is, is a little bit of a different shift, but I know that you'll have a lot of value to add to to our uh, listeners here. Yeah, absolutely. My, I'm primarily with softball pitching, but uh, really I, I get all my information from baseball and I translate it into softball. So we have a lot of overlaps here. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, we, we finally got to meet in person at the ABCA. So that was right. cool. Mm-hmm. It's nice to, you know, kind of put more, um, just physical name to face versus just like messages and uh, you know, DMS and things like that, you know? Right. Um, right. So more, more personal interaction is definitely better. I and agree. I like doing this too, but yeah, tell the, tell the audience a little bit. I know you're kind of really have a, a large name in the softball world, um, but just kind of like your journey leading up into this point and where you're at now. All right. So I'm just going to talk mainly about my, my baseball influence on my journey. So, um, pretty funny story. Like, uh, when I was in high school is when I started doing lessons and, you know, I was like the the best pitcher at the high school. So all the little girls at the park wanted to do pitching lessons Mm -hmm. with me. Well, one of the little girls, her dad happened to be, um, a Braves, Atlanta Braves pitcher for many years, uh, Darren Holmes. And I think he was with the Rockies last time I checked with him, you know, huge name in baseball. Well, local guy, his daughters attended the same schools that I went to and, uh, did lessons with his youngest daughter. Well, um, there's a drill that I used to teach called a flamingo drill where you actually start, uh, right-handed pitchers will start with their bodies facing third. You'll start with your left leg up and you kind of pitch from that position. So I was teaching his daughter that drill and I'm new. I was like 17 doing the lesson. So she gets out in her first game and starts like that and everybody's panicking. And she's like, well, well, that's how my dad pitches. You know, she didn't quite get it. I didn't get it. None of us put it together. So, you know, uh, (laughs) this drill looked a lot like how her dad pitches off the mound. And uh, it was kind of a a funny connection because she was like nine or 10. But, you know, I've I've never forgotten that story. Every time I taught that drill, I'm like, I got to make sure that they know that they can't do like this. This is not how we're supposed to do it is what I thought at the time, of course. Uh, but, um, yeah, so that, that was kind of my first, uh, one of my first lessons I ever did and having her dad catching the lesson, he was spoon feeding me what to tell her. And it was 
kind of cool. Um, he would ask all the right questions and we would discuss it. So I learned a lot from him catching her than, you know, you know, any other just random parent that I had out there. So that was a very cool first experience for me. And oh, uh, yeah. having uh, someone like that, especially that has all that experience, you, you definitely want to be a fly on the wall and hear what they have to say. Cause they have, you know, a lot of experience and where you were at, obviously like super young into your coaching, uh, you know, is is really cool to kind of have not even, you could say a mentor, but it's more of like a, a guide, I guess, yeah. like as you're going through that. But it was, it was, that sounds cool. Oh, yeah. It was, it, I, it, you know, 20 or so years later, like I kind of, I didn't really appreciate it then. I appreciate it a lot more now. I wish I, you know, was able to understand it more in the moment when it was happening. I probably would have asked him more questions. Um, oh, no but then, doubt. Yeah. And then um, moving forward in, in college, um, I, there was, I moved away from college and there was a, a facility that was looking for a softball instructor. And, you know, we just, I ran into the owner and he's like, Hey, I had a softball sweatshirt on. He's like, do you pitch? I'm like, yeah. And then we end up both having the same first name. We're both Courtney. And it just kind of cool. clicked there. And then he played with the Cubs, um, you know, a big leader. And I trained beside him for 10 years. So of course I'm like, what are you teaching? Okay. How do I make that work for softball? Or, mm-hmm. you know, just, just the mental side of how, how to miss barrels and how to get batters out. Like it's the same, like oh, real sure. estate, real estate. Yeah. Is, is definitely still there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we never had, well, we did have several direct conversations, but you know, he was loaded up with lessons and I was kind of just restarting in a, a new location. Um, so I spent a lot of time just listening to him give lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, watching, uh, some of his athletes go from, you know, 10 year old lanky, not good movers to getting drafted out of high school and just kind of witnessing that um, process and, you know, how consistent and very simple the training was like, he never really got too complicated with anything and he's getting guys, you know, moving on to the next level. So having that, that example and another absolute mentor in that situation, uh, just that was, that really propelled me to have more success. I feel like as a softball coach and a softball instructor, because baseball is just so much more advanced. Like there's, there's no question about it. Uh, oh, it's sure. way ahead. There's, there's so much more money involved that like the details are so much more important because it, it, there's dollars and cents attached to every detail that softball just hasn't really capitalized on yet. So. Um, yeah. That, well, it's, it's definitely finding its way up there, but I, I do think there is value in, you know, listening, especially early on in a coaching career, like having someone to kind of mentor you up and, and be able to, you know, not necessarily make the same mistakes than they made, or maybe you're like, Hey, I went down this route. Let's not go and do that. But I love what you said earlier, where you said he kept it simple. And then he also had people that went on to the next level. And that right there, I think is a good definition of a great coach is someone who can keep things simple or make the complex simple, but then also have a lot of fruit from their coaching and helping guys, you know, succeed and move on. Uh, and, advanced you know next level whether that's high school to college college to pro pro to big league you know whatever it is like if they're in touch with guys and they are advancing and and improving i think that's that's a the great i don't want to say kpi because a lot of people are really kind of diving into those side of things but it's it's a good feeler for for a great coach right and there's no tool out there that can substitute for that type of coaching yeah, absolutely. You can, you can measure and do all the stuff you want, but if you have that, then I, I think you, uh, that coach is definitely doing his job. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I guess kind of shifting gears here a little bit, you know, we could kind of probably talk for days on the other flat, like the mental side or the actual art of pitching, which, you know, I might try to dive into that a little bit towards the end if we have some time. But the main objective I wanted to get out of this was more of, uh, you know, just general kinematic sequence of uh, a delivery from softball to baseball, kind of comparing and contrasting the two. Um, okay. And uh, one article that I did kind of come across recently, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but I'm going to pull it up here. And it's on my Instagram page as well. It's pinned, um, but it's uh, from Doc Scarborough. He, uh, she's with the Red Sox, I believe, or she did this back in 2018. So the kin- kinematic sequence patterns in the overhead baseball pitch, right? For those of you, I can put this in the show notes, but what a baseball general kinematic sequence would be like is, you know, a lot of people are thinking like, you know, they lift their leg, then the hips go, then the trunk, then the shoulders, then the arm up into the hand. Right. So it's just like that general chain link of events. Um, If you had to kind of, I guess, put that in terms of softball through that, I'm sure there'd probably be some similarities, but what would that chain reaction or that kinematic sequence look like for softball? Skip ahead the next 60 seconds if you don't want to find out about a company I co-founded, Ink Sports Performance. So here's the scoop. At Ink Sports Performance, we get it. We were athletes ourselves, former college and professional pitchers. We were also perform- former college coaches as well. Rob and I, we don't do one-size-fits-all programs. We custom craft each training and throwing program and offer that one-on-one coaching support that you need where you're not just a number. We're all about that personal touch. We'll dive into your training videos, whip up some of the program designed to take you to your next level. Nothing cookie cutter here. So if you, one of your friends, or maybe a player that you know is serious about competing at the next level, hit us up on our website, give us a call, get that set up at inksportsperformance.com. And also just a heads up, we're also very selective who we take. Right, we only take a handful of dedicated athletes, and if you're not putting in the work, we'll have to say goodbye. So let's ink you in to the next level. Uh, for me, it is because because our we are told that we're supposed to start facing towards our target and mm. squared up. Um, there is a rule in, in the world of softball that you know, wants you to start with your hips pointed towards first and third, right? We can't start sideways like a baseball player. So gotcha. we have, we have to do a movement to um, get into the position that baseball players start in. So we have to do a, a hip first to go from square to the target opening up. And I know I say this backwards. I think baseball is like closed off means you're kind of like your side yeah, yeah. opened up towards. And for me, that just never made sense because I have to start squared to the target. So I feel like that's like closed because I, because if I think of a door, so <laughs> yeah. I start, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm closed. I have to start closed and then I open my door and then I close my door. So I know that that's, I always have to think through that when I talk with baseball players is I'm like, I know I do this backwards, but I just can't, I can't yeah. change my, ver- I've been saying it that way for so long. So no, I, I got you though. <laughs> and we'll, yeah. we'll, add, we'll attach some video here too. And yeah. those of you who are listening, I'll uh, have a social media post and also a YouTube video so we can kind of link all these together. Okay. Um, yeah. So I so, guess we'll, we'll speak from more of a, from right-handed view, softball okay. and baseball. 
right? Okay. So most guys, yeah, like you said, guys who pitch from the stretch, 70% of the time, they're going to have their hips where the anterior part of the body is facing toward third base versus right. softball facing directly at home. Right. So we have to do a movement to get us sideways. And that movement is, it is, I think, is the most important movement in the softball pitch. Um, this is not something that I throw out there a lot. This is not on any of my social media anywhere. This is something I really reserve to teach into my level two certification, but I guess all your baseball coaches are going to know about it after today. Um, but the, (laughs) yeah, you have to do the same kinematic sequence in reverse to get to that. Well, not really in reverse. You have to, the hips have to go and then the torso pulls the shoulders and that accelerates the arm up and over the head. So that's where all the girls that are throwing 65 plus they've mastered that sequence. And even the girls that are in the 60s, they've really gotten really great at that sequence. And so it's the the same sequencing, opening the body, getting the body sideways. So it's to get into that same starting position as a baseball player, because when we're there, all of our weights on our back leg, sometimes we want our hips to kind of rotate. If we can get a counter rotation to point like towards third instead of just sideways, or maybe behind third, when we're up, like on one leg, we're on our stride. Like if we can get, and I'll show you the video, but if we can get some counter rotation there and actually almost internally rotate our stride hip just a little bit. And then on the way down, now we're straight baseball. We are externally rotating the front hip and that's going to drive the backside. It's a glute driven process at that point, drive the backside. The hips are going to rotate first, pull the torso, pull the shoulder, um, pull the arm and then into the hand. And now the ball's flying out of our hand. I love it. Mm-hmm. Quick kind of side note here, because I know uh, the hips will probably be uh, a big thing that we'll continue to come back to, because that's really how a lot of movement goes. It's more proximal to distal um, in regards to, you know, pitching. Um, Have you found it being any of a challenge for maybe girls who have more externally rotated hips versus more like access to range of motion from standing, more internal versus external? Or do you think most girls have favored you know, one or the other? So uh, it definitely limits the the types of mechanics I can teach them. Um, sure. So if they if they are, well, most of our girls are, are internally rotated. Yeah. All right. So we have to spend a lot of time getting them to externally rotate. Um, getting that, sure. Yeah. And uh, just most athletes, especially youth athletes, don't even know that their hips can rotate independently. Like your left hip can excellently rotate oh, and internally sure, yeah. rotate. Yeah. So just teaching that that's part of our, our warm up routine and our workout routine is just, this is how your hips are supposed to move. Right. Um, so that that's built into the program. So even if they come in with kind of bad hips, uh, it, you're not going to get out of the, the hip exercises. You're going to have to do them. So if you have great hips or bad hips, you're going to have to do the exercises, period. Um, just whatever resistance or if you start without resistance, that's the only thing that we change. Um, so teaching independent hip rotation is a priority for mm-hmm. us. So um, even if they come in with bad hips, we, we get it corrected. Um, and my background is a little more in the uh, corrective exercise. So assessing posture, um, pelvic tilt. And even just learning how to lift from the, the, the right muscles, because even on the launch, when we try to lift our leg up, there's a lot of girls that just, you know, raise their hip instead of keeping mm-hmm. the hips stable and lifting the leg. Uh, so we got to teach all of those movement patterns, um, similar in baseball. Yeah. So um, the, the biggest thing is um, rotating down. It, it would, would be the only limitation. So sometimes 
um, I've had athletes who just don't have the hip mobility or they come in as they're already in high school. And I'm like, well, you've already been doing it this way for four years. We got to make the most of it. So Mm -hmm. that's why, yeah, it's a lot easier to um, amplify the motion on the way up when they're on one leg to generate their speed. And if they can't rotate on the way down, like land, and there's several factors that go into that, but if they can't get their toe back towards the target, their landing toe back towards the target to get that hip sequencing, you know, that's when I have to get creative. So it's like, you, can you get, can you give me 45 degrees or are you straight 90 degree? And we got to learn how to pitch from there. Um, you, you, your toes pointing all the way in third base dugout. And we, we we're not creating hip rotation. Um, we're just, just, just not there. Or it's so small. Like it, you, we try to maximize it as best as we can, but um, that part I have to, teach specifically to the athlete, but absolutely. Oh yeah. 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 That's kind of what I was getting at was like, there's, you know, depending on what they have access to, you kind of have to allow them to be their own authentic self and not try to, you know, hammer in like early on, you could probably influence a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but like you said, let's say you have a high school, you know, senior that's come to you and she already has these movement patterns ingrained quite a bit. So it's like, all right, like what can we work with? And let's say her hips are, you know, quote unquote, locked up, you know, or she's missing some range. She's done all the hip mobility stuff. Um, would you then also try to focus on more thoracic rotation or, you know, something to help also just kind of maybe compensate for that lack of what would be available from the lower half? It, not initially. I try to maximize what we can get out of the lower half. So if they can only give me, um, you know, a 45 degree close then how quickly can we rotate can we get from open to that 45 degrees Mm -hmm. if you're real if we can get her real quick through that range of motion then we can still create that torque through the torso that will you know shoulder and then the hand come through um but i I really try to to maximize all the hip i can even if it's just a little bit we try i try to get as much as i can out of that first second third that's my that's my plan and then from there it's the thoracic mobility um comes into play Mm-hmm. But really, really, I, I spend a lot of time just trying to figure out what their hips can and cannot do. Um, how much can I influence what their bodies can do without you, you can't any athlete. You don't want them to feel like they're having to do a major overhaul in their mechanics. Yeah. So how, how do I, you know, do a major overhaul in their mechanics and make them feel like they've changed nothing with themselves? <laughs> so yeah, that's you, want it, you so, want it to feel more natural. Yeah. Like how can I, how can I change everything that they're doing? Not panic in my face. And I'm just like, there's like 90 things going on here. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing, I love the work that you put into before you came to me. You know, I just try to compliment that because you know, they're, they don't, they don't want to mess it up. They want to do it right. They just maybe didn't get the right guidance um, before they came to me. So, you know, how do I see what they can do, evaluate their movement patterns. Um, and, and I have the knowledge knowledge that most softball coaches don't have. I have the knowledge to correct. Like I can correct flat feet. I can correct pelvic tilt. I can correct shoulder placement, like scapular placement. I can correct, you know, posture head to toe. Um, and, uh, so that's like most of our warm up exercises are my posture correction stuff, whether they need it or not. Like you're going to, if you, if you need it corrected, then you need it corrected. If you don't need it corrected, you need it strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, you know, our, the first battle that every athlete has is against gravity. So if we're not fighting gravity, well, I mean, the movements are going to be crappy. They're going to be sloppy. 
Like oh, absolutely. They need to get, be, yeah. Yeah, they need to get general movement down before you can see that kind of layover into mm-hmm. the uh you know the delivery or their their sequence in the pitch. Right. So to an example to your example about the hips, right? It's like, okay, hey, like if you can't even independently do this, you can't expect to have like that show up in something that's a really high level, really explosive type movement, such as pitching. And, um, you know, to your point, some other, you know, pitching coaches, even in the baseball world, right, they would probably want to go straight to, oh, hey, let's try to correct something within the skill, like try to pick something in their delivery and their movement. And that's their first go to versus mm-hmm. trying to, you know, they're 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 trying to fix. I guess the best way of trying to say this is they're trying to fix a skill problem with a physiological issue. And you have right. to fix the physiological issue first before you see that result into the skill. Yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. the best way to say it. Yeah. Like, oh, it. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's let's kind of uh, dive into some examples here a little bit. I know I'll, I'll give you the, the screen sharing access. And uh, for those of you listening, you know, bear with us. But I'll, I'll have this kind of also posted on um, some videos here, too. So, um, yeah, go ahead and walk us through. Okay. All right. So this is the sequencing that I was talking about that I can control, that every pitcher can control. This is the, we start squared towards our target and, you know, how do we get sideways? So um, this is, this example, Valerie Cagle, uh, no, don't know her, don't really know anything about her. Just, this is an amazing video. This was a, a video that was posted after she threw a no hitter, I think this was two years ago. And I use her a lot for teaching. I don't know if it's the the purple and the orange and her yeah, uniform, but it's, she's just a great visual. This is a great visual, great angle. So of course, you know, baseball doesn't get into this position, the sprinter position. So that's a whole nother skill that we have to teach, right. Okay. To get this position here. And then um, the rotation on the way up. So I, I call this hip generated arms, Speed or H gas is my little acronym for it. So we have to H gas on the way up the arm circle. Um, you can tell here she's got a straight drive. Um, and there's a couple of things here that I did take from baseball that I'll go back and kind of touch on. But she's getting her leg up. Her hips are starting to rotate. Her shoulders are staying square. And you can see her shoulders are very square. And you're starting to see the numbers on her back from this view. We still see the numbers here right now. Her shoulders are just now starting to open up, but her hips are pretty sideways. Let's see. Yeah, here's just a little bit. She kind of like, there's a little bit of over counter rotation, which I know some baseball players, if they can master that, that definitely doesn't hurt things. Um, And then she's rotating somewhat back towards the target. And this is where the hip mobility repetitions, you know, she's, there's some probably probably some limitations in her thoracic spine that's not allowing her to get her hips all the way through like I prefer, but it doesn't yeah, matter what I prefer. No hitter. Yeah, yeah, she's still there no hitter. So there's there's nothing absolutely wrong with what she does. Um, it's just the the limitations of her body. She she's maximized what her body can do. I don't even want to say limitations. Like, like this is her body. She's she's she, you can tell her her legs look super strong. Um, core, you can tell the core is intact because she's able to generate this type of power and speed. You can't do that with a weak core and stay healthy. Um, 
And so she's maximized what her body can do, but she, she doesn't have that full rotation at the end. Like, like I like to see, like we see mm. in baseball, but you can see, let's see about right here. I mean, the hip placement, shoulder placement, that is similar to what kind of boys do when they're, they're starting. There's a little counter rotation and then they rotate mm. towards the target. She's just not getting that rotation towards the target. She's extremely explosive on the way up and that's where she's able to find her power and that's that that key piece of the pitching motion it's like I can get every girl to maximize that how they land and how they finish I can work with oh yeah um, well, it's, and yeah, I, I do agree with that it's definitely similar because the the pelvis is moving you know from you know one one place to the other towards the target in almost like midair right in that flight phase I guess if you want to call it that like more of a mm -hmm. sprinter type of uh, movements, but you're going from here, and then you're talking about uh, like towards the end, what she was, you know, not ideally getting her her pelvis to internally rotate around the front leg, right, and right. get that more square. It was the the thing that she, you know, if you had to choose or 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 fix anything, you know, which in this case, like, hey, you threw a no hitter on the coach's eye. And from my perspective, I'm like, you do your thing. Right. <laughs> Once you start okay. to have some issues, then you know maybe we start to address some of this. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would not change anything. If she came to me, I wouldn't tell her anything. I would just watch and just ask her questions, honestly. Um, yeah. but, but you know, if, if an athlete came to me as a nine-year-old, that's not how I would start her. So, sure. um, and then this is something I take directly from some of my baseball coaches, friends is the glove side. Um, mm. so when she starts her way up, she's thumb down right real close to her body. Um, that thumb down position in baseball that helps helps minimize like the the extra rotation helps you stay a little bit square towards the target as you're as you're striding out so your upper body doesn't rotate too soon. So that's she does it. This is something I teach everybody. Um, they don't always like it, but I don't really care. This is one of the non negotiables. You're doing this my way. I don't really. Mm -hmm. I don't really care about your opinion on this. There's other parts of the pitching motion we can share opinions and I'll work with you on, but this is kind of one of my, this is one of my non-negotiables, like sure. thumb down real close to your body that prevents mm -hmm. the extra shoulder twisting. Um, a lot of pitchers will turn to their throwing side, their arm side, like on the drive. And then now we have all this like makeup work we have to do to, to get back online, to throw a straight pitch. Um so it, it's that that's just one thing I, I took directly from my baseball friends, thumb down, riding that front side out to keep the oh, shoulders sure. square as long as we can. Yeah, a good, I, I guess, extreme example of that in the baseball side would be like an uh, Edwin Diaz. Like he he like really <laughs> turns his thumb down and it's like a really mm -hmm. funky, like almost front, um, you know, glove side look. But yeah, a lot of people don't really focus on that a whole lot, you know, and a lot of guys, you know, if they lose that internal rotation holder with that thumb pointed down, then that does cause that torso to, you know, start to go out of sequence and go a little bit earlier uh, than normal. So, you know, I think that's um, a, a definitely a good, a good proponent to have. I even tell some guys, because again, I, I kind of go more towards that proximal to distal type of approach. I'm like, Hey, think about your scap also like more than just your hand or your elbow. Like let that scap also kind of reach out, almost protract forward, you know, as they're coming out. So for and a softball would be kind of more like think about reaching out with your scap while also having that thumb pointed down would probably be a cool one. Cause then, cause then you're like really even engaging 
the the torso a little bit more, or at least as as close as you can to that torso, which would be the the serratus, the scap, and all, all that good stuff. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's um, you know throwing is, is that funny motion because we need one side of our body to do something completely opposite than the other side. So just teaching that um, those isolated movements because we do we do want scap retraction in the throwing side right here, mm-hmm. and then the scap pro- like. Protraction and then yes. tilt. That, yeah. That's that's a hard concept to teach nine-year-old girls, I'll be honest. Oh, no uh, doubt. We, we get through it. We get through it the best we can. But um let's move to something more familiar with your your baseball. Oh, and I just hit the delete button. Okay. I thought I was pulling up hit the little trash can icon there. No, yeah. So, it, it's really cool to see a lot of these similarities though, I think is you know obviously two very different types of skill but a lot of the uh, similarities are are really cool to see yeah and i think throwing is throwing underhand or, or overhand it's you, yeah. you yeah um as i know when i was taught how to pitch and i, I did have like an hour-long youtube video on mechanics that i was taught that i no longer teach and you know we were taught to lock our elbow and flip our wrist as hard as we can and the bigger the arm circle the faster and you want to land sideways and you know, pitch transverse plane like across the transverse plane it's like no yeah. <laughs> across the midline of your body to throw and it's like no that that doesn't really work excuse me um and it, and anytime somebody comes in like that i'm like okay if you played shortstop try to throw if I was just this regular coach and I had my shortstops go and stand sideways, lock their elbow and flip the wrist as hard as they can and then touch their shoulder when they're done, you would all like, yeah, like you're laughing like seven, eight, nine year old girls start laughing at me. I'm like, why are you pitching like that? Like, that's the yeah. exact same. That's it looks as silly to me underhand as it would overhand. So why are we still teaching it? So to all the baseball guys, if you have daughters and they want to play softball, just it's it's exactly the same. Like if you wouldn't tell a, a baseball player, to, if you wouldn't tell somebody to do it overhand, don't tell them to do it underhand. Sure. And and you'll be fine. You won't mess them up. You, they may not be professional softball pitchers when you're done with them, but they're not going to get hurt and you're not going to mess them up. And when you get them to a coach that knows what they're doing, they're going to be thankful that there's already some good movement patterns already built in. So don't be afraid of that. That It's it's not as scary as it looks. And this is going to make it look extremely comfortable. Um, this is a pitcher from Auburn. She was there several years ago. I really don't know her name, um, but she starts pretty familiar here, right? Yeah, um, almost. So she's left-handed. It looks she, like she's starting more towards yeah. first base. Yeah. She's left, and I couldn't get – this is the only clip I could find of her. Um, the rule in softball is you have to have your hips parallel or pointing towards first and third um, mm-hmm. when you get your signal. So once you get the signal, you can rotate. So she has all of her weight on her left leg, on her drive leg. Um, her right toe is on the the mound because when this uh, video was taken, the pitching rules in college was you have to have both feet on the rubber. Nice. Um, so she, she, so that's why she's starting like this. Um, I don't, it, the rules now you can start behind the rubber. So I really don't think she, you know, there's no advantage. That rule doesn't help this position whatsoever. Um, but um, she is within the rules. And so she's getting her signal here. She's rotating her hips all the way to first. Uh, slow-mo. Okay, yeah. She does her rock back, but she's actually rocking towards third. 
And then there's the knee lift. This looks exactly like a baseball position. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lefty pitcher right there. Yeah, she starts exactly like that. Um, she is rotating the hips away from her target so she can maximize hip rotation. And then here we go. The stride, she's rotating towards the target, coming over, like doing the overhead movement. Mm-hmm. I'm doing her windmill. She's reaching out towards her, the target here. Look at the hips come through first. You see the hips are rotating first. Good kinematic sequence there. And then she's coming all the way around. I think she might be able to step a little bit more towards the target, but she's coming through. And it's a pretty wicked backdoor curveball that she's throwing here. I don't know if it's intentional. Most lefty pitchers that I deal with, they, everything they throw is a curveball. We basically call fastballs curveballs or whatever. <laughs> right, um, right, right. I can't, I can't get them to throw straight, and why would I? Because it's, it's harder to hit. So um, that's that makes a lot of sense. If, if you are a if you're familiar with biomechanics and mm-hmm. movement patterns, like what she's doing right here makes a whole lot more sense than what we're trying to force girls to do. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. I, I love what you said too. It's like, it's almost still overhand. Like she's still here, but instead of accelerating forward, it's like, it's, she's just dropping the humerus down. And then that's when the arm, you know, or the, the tip of the whip is happening versus you know, a traditional baseball pitch would be more in line with the shoulders. Um, okay. Yeah. And what, if you, if you don't mind kind of going back mm-hmm. to uh, Valerie's video, like right before she's landing and a lot of people don't notice this, right? Like even it kind of getting off topic here, but even in javelin throwers, right? Like they still get into like almost uh, closer to 90. It's like, it's not a, a straight arm bar, right? Like, they start that way, but then once they get ready to accelerate, they still pull it back in and then they're releasing the stick. So even with, with Valerie's here, like it's still almost, you know, it's not completely flipped up, but it's, it's, it's in a a very, you know, good position to where like, if you told me that she threw overhand right here after, you know, pressing play, I'd be like, yeah, she probably did. Yeah. No, (laughs) it's, it's really cool to kind of see. So they're getting in similar positions and um, you know, I think a lot of the things, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's like, it's totally different. Well, um, you still need posterior tilt. You still need to have, you know, everything working in that correct, you know, kinematic sequence, but, uh, to kind of tie all this together and I'll pull this up here in a second. But, um, the study that I mentioned in, at the beginning, they came to find that, you know, just out of, um, I think it was, uh, you know, 22 pitchers that they had only two of them actually performed the same, like pure, you know, hips, trunk, shoulder, arm, hand sequence with their peak velocities all happening in that sequence. So, you know, it's, it's also really fascinating to me. It's like, Hey, like you want it to be closer to that, but it's never always going to be like that for every single pitch. So you got to learn how to adapt and adjust from that too. Yes. And it, it, I want to, you, you pointed this out, this hand, not exactly what you would say overhand, mm-hmm. but this, this hand position really dictates what the front hip can do. Oh, sure. So, she, so she's then that pinky down position. So it's going to be harder for her to get that full rotation. If she had the palm up position, then she'd be able to, to get her hip to rotate back towards the target points to get her uh, stride foot pointed more towards the target and get that rotation that we typically see in, in, throwing overhand Mm -hmm. 
Um, this one, I, this is Montana Fouts out of Alabama. Oh yeah. Just real, real quick. You know, she, she, again, she's just long levers, incredible pitcher. Um, right here, you can see the hips are rotating away from the target with all of her weight on her back leg. And then, let's see. She, yeah. Okay. She gets, she's still on a pinky down, but she gets her foot pointed much more closer to the target. You can see the hip rotation she gets um, ahead of the arm. Mm -hmm. So I can see that the, the pipeline down the side of her pants and the ball is, you know, her elbow is almost straight down, but the hand is still back. So there's that whip position underhand. Oh, yeah. Um, there's uh, definitely still some valgus stress there, I would, I would think. Oh, yeah. Yes. And and the valgus stress, just like in baseball, if it's hip generated, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, um, if it's all hand driven or strictly from the arm, then yeah, you're gonna you're definitely gonna have some issues. And, right, and and that's why I don't see. I mean, I don't like go and research baseball drills, but I don't see a lot of just strictly upper body drills for baseball. But they're all over in softball, just upper body mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm like, y'all, like none of this is possible without the lower body. Why are, why are we doing less? less lower body work and way, way excessive upper body work. Like, Oh yeah, no, that's, like, that's a great point. On the same page here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think this has definitely changed over the past 10, 15 years, but you know, early, early baseball, a lot of guys, they would start with that part, the whole approach where they would say like, okay, Hey, like we're starting warming up and you're just like flicking your wrist like this. And then they would incorporate the elbow and then they would do more of an arm action and then they would, you know, try to backwards chain everything. Right. right? And I think, um, you know, Paul Nyman was probably a big influence on that too, just backwards chaining. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's really cool to kind of see like how that shifted where now, like every, a lot of guys are starting to think more, okay, let's think from the lower half, like how's the energy moving up from leg lift from the foot into the hip and into everything else. Right. Um, and, you know, there are some, I'd say over the past two, three years where people were like focusing on arm action, you know, mm -hmm. drills to try to fix arm action issues. But, yeah. you know, like to your point, if you get the hips right, a lot of that can kind of clean itself up. Absolutely. And that's the, I mean, you're, if you're referring to any type of underweight, overweight um, ball throwing programs, yeah. like yeah. people ask me all the time, like, do, is this safe? Is this safe? And I'm like, yeah, it's safe until the stride changes. And as soon as the stride changes, you were exposed for injury. So stop. So if you're, if you're doing any type of weighted ball training, baseball or softball, just have somebody has to monitor your stride. And what we used to run uh, velocity programs through our, my facility for baseball guys, like, you know, you know, which program I'm talking about. Um, and we would just, the guys would watch each other. And that's part of the thing. Like as soon as your stride changes, um, a lot of our drills, they were on a radar gun. And as soon as we saw velocity significantly lower, then, okay, you're at risk for injury. You're not hurt now. Stop immediately. We're done. We'll try it again in two days when you come back or three days, whatever, you know, that the cycle was. Um, but yeah, weighted ball, all that stuff will clean up arm action as long as the lower body doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So, well, there, yeah, there's so much variance in that too, right? Because it's like certain guys you hook up all the biomechanics markers and things like that. And they'll have like some nuance, but yeah, I think if there's a large change or standard deviation from like what they're normally doing, um, 
you know, that's definitely a red flag to, to probably stop some things, whether that's through fatigue or through, you know, actually uh, consciously trying to change that or, you know, unfortunately, sometimes coaches try to change that too, you know, so it's like, okay, that's, that's something that you might want to steer clear away from. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, there's so many parts to it that it's just like, Hey, is this safe? I mean, is walking out of your door safe? <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. And a baseball and a softball is weighted. They're both weighted. Yeah. So yeah, you're going from weight to no weight. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's, it's all about how you utilize the tools, not necessarily the tools themselves. Exactly. You got to know how to use them. Yeah. yeah perfect. Absolutely. Quick, real, real quick before I take this into the baseball side show, um, uh, the last video that you just had. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, you're good. Um, and you were talking about her hip internal rotation, like while she was in kind of more of that flight stage. The, yeah. The flight. Yeah. Flight. So yeah, she, she drives off straight and then here you can see her, the, the front of her belt buckle is starting to face the camera and we're a kind of third base view yep. profile view on her throwing side. Um, and even watching her shoelace, and this is what I, I I try to get girls to look at is watch her shoes. Like she's she's heel down, um, spikes at the catcher driving, um, and then when she starts her rotation, you can see her heel, you know, her heel lifts, toe lowers, whatever. But she's she's rotating into her sideways position, K position. There's everybody has a different name for it, but the flight position. Um, she's you see the crease back here over her right hip, like her yep. weight is sitting back here, even though she's gliding forward and the belt buckle is pointed right here. It's it's directly at third. So slightly behind her because the pitching mound is a little bit in front of the base path or the bases. Mm -hmm. And then on the way down, you see the toes, the, the shoelaces on her left leg are, are squaring back up towards the catcher, um, her back foot, um, she keeps a nice bend in her back leg, which is very crucial. Anytime we extend completely extend, get to terminal extension in any joint, we're pretty much power's done. That, that limb is useless to us. Um, but she's keeping this bend. So this backside is active. And as soon as she lands, you can see that the piping on her pants here again, starts rotating back, mm -hmm. rotating back ahead of the ball. Nice, clean release right at her hip. Beautiful. And then now we're just um, good front side resistance. Oh, yeah, she's definitely got a good, a good yeah. front leg to rotate around absolutely glove is very minimal and she she comes up not quite thumb down but she's like real close mm -hmm. you know she's she's pretty tight that's a, I call that line drive position because you know when I teach the younger girls I got to give them something that makes sense um she's kind of coming up there and nothing's really getting out she's like the, the glove's not flying way out um yeah, I like where she's at, like what you were talking about with the foot, right? So I think that's also telling a lot of what's happening with, you know, a lot more closer is that that front pelvis, right? Because the, not to get too down into the weeds, but the, the two anonymous of the pelvis, that left leg for her is coiling in and wrapping around that right side of that right femur. So it's like, even though there's very limited range, there is a little bit of where that you know, flap, I guess you could say, or that, that hip anonymous is internally rotating and coiling around that. And then, you know, once it's releasing, you know, now it's going from 
the spikes or the, you know, kind of mimicking the glove side too, right? It's going from here and then everything kind of whips open straight to that, um, to the plate, to the catcher, to where she's trying to throw it. That's yeah, really and cool. that, that's, that's my ideal mechanics. It makes the most sense to me. Sure. And when students start with me, this is where I'm trying to get them. But again, I'm not taking anything away from Valerie because her, her mechanics work. Yeah. They all work. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I would say if, you know, I would love to kind of assess uh, her and then also um, bounce who you have here. I bet you Valerie would probably favor a little bit more external rotation and bounce would probably, obviously what we're looking at here is, is going to probably favor a lot more internal rotation within like what they have access to in their hips. Yes, I definitely I've never thought about those terms, but I, I absolutely see that. And I, I agree completely. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, well, this is all going to kind of tie in. So I want to kind of pull that to, um, you know, one of the videos that I wanted to kind of show to, just to kind of, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, tie all this together. Let's um, get this going through here. Where's this? There it is. Screen. So younger guy here, someone I've worked with quite a bit in the past. Um, and you can see this on your end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of similar motion, but like you said, everything's more pointed towards third base for this variety. And then he has a little bit more of a, of that coil, not as, as much as like bounce wood, but you can see it's still kind of wrapping around here, but the femur is a lot more fixed. Mm -hmm. Right. And then once it's here, right, this position is, is fairly similar. So you're getting that back foot to, to Evert down the femurs internally rotating, everything's rotating into that front leg. Right. And then, mm -hmm. you know, crazy you know, amount of layback here from this kid. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty extreme for, for someone his age. I think he's 15 now. Start working. Wow. Yeah. So th there's a lot of physiological adaptations here because he had, you know, growth plate injuries and stuff when he was younger. And mm -hmm. um, if any of y'all listening have followed along to uh, any type of uh, humoral retroversion or like adaptations that happen from athletes who throw overhand, you know, the humerus does kind of, you know, favor a little bit more external rotation, the more they throw early on, uh, in their throwing age. So, you know, you have a lot of other stuff that can contribute to that extreme amount of layback. But, you know, like if we were to put this position with, you know, Valerie's or any of the other ones, this here like if he could go from here and then all of a sudden just drop down and go there like it would still probably work it's just a different type of um unwinding of that you know kinetic chain i guess you could say yeah yeah it, it just looks i mean it's the same it's the same sequence if you if you just read it on paper it's the same sequence but watching it it looks sure different. it's totally different it's just yeah. more of like you know the the release height or the angle of that um and then last one, I think here that I, I really like an overhead view um, to kind of oh, see cool. some things here too. I would be curious to see a softball video like this. I'm sure you probably have access to this or, or know some of them, um, you know, but you have uh, everyone okay. loves Jacob deGrom oh, yeah. here. So you're seeing like, obviously his hip, hips are pointed more towards third, 
right? So he has this going on, but he, if you look at him from the side, he also does have a little bit of that internal rotation. And then, you know, uh, one thing that we can kind of talk about here a little bit too, is just that posterior tilt of the scap, right? He has a crazy amount of horizontal abduction. I don't know if that, it, it, it probably could play a role with softball players, but I don't think you want that crazy amount of, of space back here though would you or is that no yeah no we that would also kind of get them probably just having a lot more side to side movement and yeah yeah they would they would um crash their hips a lot Mm -hmm. um explain that a little bit what does crashing hips mean uh so they would their elbow would go directly into their side okay Um, it wouldn't clear the body and oh yeah every softball player's done at least one time just threw a ball like full speed right into your own leg it's ouch but yeah so if you get too far behind your head you get a quick reminder don't do that um and uh, we would actually in that position um instead of getting the shoulders back um i have the girls sink more into a hip hinge okay so now we almost get into a batting stance Sure. Finish. So it's a little more. Um, it's it's a we we have to adapt more more to a batting stance at that point. So um, still yeah. the, hip, the the hips create the arm speed for batting as well. But you're we're a little more. The hips are hinged back just a little bit, pushing our hips back slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's a very um, detailed move. But um, when we're there, we can still create force off of that back leg. So we don't just have the one push off the mound. If you can get them into uh, the slightly hitting position and then have them ha- have an extra push off the backside. Um, then yeah, that that's more ideal instead of the, the extra rotation, the, the scap retraction and bringing the elbow behind the body um, just because their hips are in the way. We can't really do that. Oh, sure. No. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, and I love what you said there where you were saying more of a hitting stance, right? So do you, do you have some of your athletes try to do more things like more athletically because maybe in, in baseball terms, a lot of guys kind of dome themselves up, so to speak, where they get too mechanical and too, you know, in their thoughts when they get in the pitching delivery. So I'm like, Hey, let me see how you hit. Let me see how you throw a med ball. How are you naturally like going to load into your, into your lower half or, you know, utilize all of that. Do you utilize that for, for softball? It's like, Hey, like this same exact position, like you said, or, you, you try to blend that same type of feel to to then get them to to get that to result in their in their pitching delivery. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The, just um, learning how to hip hinge um, is oh, sure, yeah. yeah. So like um, just just the I train the body movements you have to have in order to rotate. So you have to have single single leg strength. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have good hip mobility. You have to, have to be able to do a proper hip hinge. You have to have thoracic mobility and you have to have um, the scapular control. Like you have to be able, you have to do all of those things in order to rotate, period. Uh, volleyball, um, any sport. Sure. Um, and then take the scapula out, like figure skating. You have to rotate to do all of that. So like, you know, I train rotation and then I translate it into the pitching motion. Like our, our warm-up, our warmups are we do ankle stuff because just girls in general have pretty weak. Yeah. Super weak ankles. Yeah. 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 And if you can't 
put force into the ground, you're not going to get force out of the ground. So we do ankle mobility first, and then we do a, a glute activation hip warm up. So we do uh, like monster walks and some side steps, banded side steps. Um, then we do a, a ground based mobility, which is um, we isolate the thoracic spine and we just rotate the hips in all kinds of directions. So scorpions, reverse scorpions. Um, we do just straddles, um, like roll back and then go out into a straddle, just single leg lifts. And then there's a, a hurdle thing that um, we do that has a lot of rotation in their body. So they rotate in their warm up. Um, then they go into a reverse throw overhand, like reverse overhand throw. Cause yeah, that's that, I think that was the video that I commented on. Cause yeah. with softball, you do kind of have that, you know, reverse mm-hmm. throw type of motion versus a uh, baseball. It, from what I've coached guys, it's, it's more of like, you do have a, a, a backwards motion, but it's not like forced to go back this way. You know, a lot of people do butcher it. And I think your video, you did it really well where you were having this. Yeah, no, I even (laughs) actually sent that video to some of my athletes and uh, one other coach that I'm with that he posts guys doing reverse throws. I'm like, (laughs) she did it way better than any of your athletes did. Oh, I've had a little bit more practice and a little bit older. So, oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, you had a, you had the stable lower half. I like that you did it more of in a split stance versus a half kneeling like knee on the ground position because you're forcing your lower half to get involved a little bit more you know but um you know when you when you have that like working on posterior tilt you know if that's what you're working on and that's the goal i think it's awesome um you know for guys who you know they're just like oh hey i want to do this because the most generic answer i've heard is oh i do all these throws forward so i got to do all of them backwards too and i'm like ah not really not really yeah yeah it's it's not the objective of what you're doing it for right and i think that's a very simple part of the pitching motion for softball that doesn't get the attention that it really deserves like like i said it's like if you can if i can get girls to do that part of the pitching motion extremely well i can manage everything else that they do or whatever their bodies can and cannot do i can i can manage and we can you know there's their spin profiles may vary we may not be able to learn all the different movement pitches but you know i'll be able to adapt and they'll be able to get you know, hit, hit their goals of developing three different speeds. I don't care what pitch you call it, but how do we develop three different speeds? So um, getting that motion is, is, is step one. Like mm-hmm. that was part of that my non-negotiables. Uh, so like, the reverse throws is, I mean, that has really helped arm health for my athletes. It has accelerated that first movement and has increased velocity for them. So it, it, it kind of hits all the categories you want it to do. So that's why it's in my warm up routine. I mean, if if it's giving them results, (laughs) I say, keep doing it. But, but it was in the warm up routine for like a year before I told anybody about it to make sure it worked. So I'm one of those (laughs) (laughs) until I share it. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good things that that you want to also kind of experiment with. Like you don't want to, you know, have your entire philosophy based around that one type of drill. But it, it is a good tool for you to have like, hey, like this is something that is going to help us get in these range. And, you know, for girls, like they may not ever do anything weight training wise or mobility wise or whatever to get their arm in that post really tilted position. So I think it's a great, a great uh, point to have Right. with that. Thank you. Yeah, it, it works well for us. That's um, good. And that's all they do all of that to the side so you saw in my video that's like our plyo wall that's our warm-up area and then right mm-hmm. beside that's actual pitching mounds and the pitching lanes yeah, yeah. Um, so they're not spending the majority of the time doing that like they're doing those getting yeah. the feel for it and then they progress yeah. to the actual skill mm-hmm. yeah. and no. then 
and once they grab a softball, it's like you do a walkthrough. So the girls actually walk and do an arm circle. They're not striding. They're not turning. They're not dragging. They are walking with their feet and just doing an arm circle. Um, yeah. Because you, I kind of got to teach them the, the basics again, like the walking motion. We exaggerate it. That's our pitching motion. There's slight okay. hip rotations in our walking and you have to perform on one leg at a time. It's not a double leg sport. Uh, so learning to do that, that's their first step. I also don't have catchers. So that's their way of throwing overhand and getting loose. Um, and then right after walkthroughs, they go straight to turn and burns, which is something I stole from the baseball world. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a different, I like how you're incorporating walking with that because gate, especially in softball, right? Like you're starting here and then you're still having that rotational component to it. It's, um, it's really similar. And like, you know, my girlfriend is uh, an ex softball player and she was telling me, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I was just walking around and then just kind of, you know, just going right into yeah. that. I was like, and when you're, when your hips are square and you try to reach back, you force external rotation. Mm-hmm. If I'm sideways, if I'm facing third and I reach back, am I going into external rotation or am I going to abduction? Mm. Yeah. A nine-year-old's not going to know the difference. Less, it's less stress onto the, yeah. the shoulder. Absolutely. Right. But you, you know, it's, it's, it's in, integrated into that whole entire kinematic sequence. Like, okay, I'm stepping, I'm walking, I'm getting my hips. And then I'm just letting this natural flow of my arm swing kind of get into that. Um, you know, I was just like, that's, that's brilliant versus, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you need to get into this position and then this and then this, right. Like, you know, or they get into that too much of a part to hold and it just doesn't, right. it doesn't connect. So I like how you're starting with that, that, you know, just something as simple as walking is helping them get a feel for that, that flow of their movement. Yeah. And it's, it's real simple. That's why I typically don't post a lot of my drills because they're boring looking. (laughs) They're so boring. And our turn and burns, like we, sometimes I have girls just, you know, step back and turn, but then some of the advanced girls, they will actually sprint and then work on change of direction. So they sprint towards the mound, stop change directions and pitch back which is another component of being able to rotate. You need to be able to change, change directions. Uh, So we build that in. So there's a lot of athletic movement going on and it's just, they get those reps in. And then at that point, it really depends on what we're working on for the day. Um, If we're still kind of working mechanics, then I put them into a, a, an exaggerated load position. So they have to do like, they get into a sprinter position, actually start with their hands on the ground and they have to drive out of that position into their pitch that really warms up their lower body. Um, so that they either go to that or if there are some older girls who are working movement pitches, that's when we actually go back to let's keep our feet still and let's just work on the upper body. Let's work just, I call it just our windmill drills. Um, and then right. from there, there's different stances that we use, like parallel both feet towards the target. Windmills is forcing shoulder external rotation. You can't fake it. If your feet are forward and you reach back and try to do a real arm circle, you're going to have proper arm position, period. So if that's what the girls need to work on, then they do parallel. Um, I also teach that for curveballs because we want to, we have to get external rotation to get a, a fabulous curve, our curveballs, horizontal movement. Um, sure. Do that yeah. too. And then there's a normal stance, like with our stride leg out and our, you know, push leg back, just kind of our normal release. And then I do a reverse stance. So girls who don't understand front side resistance, um, if I reverse, do a reverse stance, now their pelvis is going to stay still and they can actually feel their arm whip. So when they go to actual pitching, they're like, oh, I felt it or I didn't feel it. So they, they learn that oh, feel yeah. and then put it, you know, into, you know, work, like put it in, ap- apply it into the pitching motion and they can tell yes or no. Um, so there's very 
very few isolated upper body work that I do. And even so on that, it's like, it's, it's teaching a shoulder position or it's teaching them what a firm front side is supposed to feel like, Mm -hmm. um, to, to increase their whip. So there's, there's a lot of what, what is the body capable? What is the upper body capable of doing when the lower body is stabilized? Yeah. Well, it's, it's all in in sequence with each other in context Mm -hmm. and not isolating and separating the two. Right. Totally get it. So yeah, it's, I think everything I do is athletic based. Even when I, with the couple hitters that I work with, it's like just move. So you can do happy Gilmore's or you can step into Mm -hmm. it, like walking into the T like, like move, move, move. If you need to learn to load, we'll do some medicine ball work. Um, like big, the big medicine balls thrown into the wall. Um, and the off season, that's, that's like the first eight weeks of our off season program is heavy on the hip hinge. So by after two months, if, if you either know it or you don't, <laughs> so if you're coming in once a week and you're getting a lot of hip hinging work after eight weeks of that, you're hip hinging or you're not. Sure. And at that point, and it's like, I'm not gonna, you know, babysit. I'm like, you did it for eight weeks. And if you did half of what I asked you to do, you should be able to do it by now. Um, and we just keep it moving. Yeah. That's it. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Well, that's all I really wanted to go over as far as kinematic sequence and things like that. Um, do you have any any closing remarks for either, you know, some things that you've seen? Obviously, you have the baseball influence as well, but just any of the listeners or even some of the coaches of, you know, how you help athletes get in their zone, whether physical zone, little, you know, adjustments of like helping them put it over or if it's mentally you know, staying locked in and, and staying in their zone too? Oh, well, um, since a lot of my work is done inside the cage or in, in, a, inside, I don't get a lot, my, my shoes don't get dirty very often. Um, yep. it, it's really about teaching them about the process. Um, and I've actually developed a process that's on the wall at my facility and the certification program that I have for, um, coaches is teaching my process. I call it uh, the peak model. It's like a four by four grid. So if you imagine like A, B, C, D down the side, and then one, two, three, four across the top, okay. if I have my, so if you're a beginner, then you're at the very bottom, you're on step one, you're a D four athlete. Um, and then there's a certain amount of skills that you have to be able to do to become a D three athlete to move over to the next level. And then the jump from, you know, D level to C level, there's a, there's um, expectation. So the last step of the D level is, can you put it in a game? You have to be able to execute certain things in a game before we start working on the next level. And leveling up, of course, is velocity-based because I don't like the rules. I don't make the rules, but you, you definitely – you yeah, it matters. Like you definitely um, have more control and power on your side and more ability to win if you have more velocity. So um, it's velocity-based um, to, to move up to the next level. You have to perform in game, and then we have to increase your velocity. Then you got to perform in game, increase in velocity. Um, kind of that third column is my, my, um, the strength based column. Can you hit hinge? Can you hit hinge at full speed? Like, can you, you know, jump off the box and land in a hinge position and jump straight up? Like, do you know these movement patterns? At what point do we customize your movement patterns? You know, like, do so like, yeah. B, B, like when you get B levels, what I call it. So when you're over 50 miles per hour, I got to customize some of your stuff. Right. Because you might be six foot or you may be done growing at five, two by the time you get to there. So I have to customize their workouts at that point. Mm-hmm. And then the, the B column is, is your expertise. So are we learning change ups? Are you throwing inside and outside or are we throwing rise balls, curve balls, screw balls, drop balls? 
Um, so where are we at in the process? So um, just knowing that they have goals and knowing that there is a process and as they see like, oh, okay, I, I am winning a lot more games when I put this in a game or in, and knowing that, hey, I'm not teaching you this just to check off a box. I'm teaching you this because you have to be able to do it in a game and teaching those skills, teaching the skills in a way like this, you're going to win more games if you do this. You're going to like your team is going to have a chance to win every single time you're on the mound if we can master this, this and this. So just, yeah, you have the skills, but you have to put it in a game. Mm-hmm. You have to put it in a game. Um, it's, we talk. I don't like to use the S word in my building, which is strikes. I don't like that word because that is that is everybody else's opinion. But ours, the pitchers, we don't get to have a say so whether it's a ball or a strike. Sure. That's not that's not our job. But what we try to do is to convince the batter that it's a strike. And if we can convince the batter it's a strike, we win more games. If we're trying to please coaches, parents, and umpires, we're in a whole nother game that that, that we can't win. Can't yeah. win that game. You're being so, more of a victim at that point because you're letting other people's opinions dictate. Yeah. No, I love yeah, that. Exactly. So I'm um, just and there's I'm sure there's a million little nuggets like that that I, I make sure when I'm teaching a kid, like like I use these the I use certain words on purpose. Like even I know baseball doesn't do this, but like spins, like girls sometimes will practice their spins before they pitch, kind of that start at the end and do reverse kinetic sequence. Mm-hmm. Like I'm cool with that, but if you call it a snap, then I already know you're going to push the ball out of your hand. Mm-hmm. But if you call it a spin, your mechanics could be, you know, awful. Like, you know, that girl, I'm like, oh my God, there's like 90 things happening. How do I like, don't, don't, don't let her see the panic in my face. And how can I get her to change everything without letting her know she's changing a thing? Um, so the, but if she says the word spin, just say in the word spin, she's going to have the ball's going to come out of her hand so much better. She's going to release the ball better. And we, and we're going to be able to find success just because she spins the ball and not snaps or flips or pops. I've heard all the names, but mm-hmm. only the girls, only the ones that say I do my spins first are the ones that actually spin the ball. So, oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely how it's coming out of your hand. It's not something you're trying to, you know, yeah. Some of the, the words that athletes use, unless they're associating with a correct movement, you want to make sure that they're like, Hey, like, what do you mean by snapping or like, you know, yeah, her ball, like an old school one. I don't think anyone else does. I, I could be wrong, but a lot of people are talking about like snapping curveballs and they make yeah. this sound with their thumb. And I'm like, I don't, do that i do more of like a karate chop move right it's like yeah this and then it, it yeah off of yeah. my fingers so the baseball curveballs are a rise ball softball rise ball yeah so if for softball it's like yeah we you you, you got to pull the elbow into your hip a lot harder this motion here to here has to be so much more violent than any other pitch if you really want to get it to rise yeah. um, front side resistance increases this so you know that same thing with with the uh, baseball now the the slider in baseball and is the curveball in softball. And there's okay. been a few times I've had some um, minor league guys come in working on their sliders, and I said, "Let's just 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 please me for a minute." And I have two tennis balls taped together that I'd use to teach the the helicopter rotation that we're trying to get on our curveballs for softball. I said, "Just snap a couple of the the tennis balls. They might do like ten or fifteen, and then they come through, and their spin rates are almost two hundred RPMs faster." By just just doing just a couple just to get the fingers warmed up, but getting a feel for it. Oh sure, yeah. But I just I, I don't do it for curveballs. No, yeah, it's it, it's an entire body move. But the slider, yeah, that's a little bit your wrist angle's a little different. That's a little 
a little more finesse to get your hands and fingers in the right spot to make that one work, but not so much curveball. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I love it. That, and that's my experience. I'm not, you know, sure. oh, no, yeah, not yeah. a professional baseball coach by any means, but I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> it doesn't make sense in the softball world. So I don't think it would ever make sense in baseball world either. So, oh yeah. I bet, like, like we said before, there is a lot of, of carryover to both. And, you know, I know you are definitely progressing the softball world and, and turning it in the right direction and not having it too isolated or, you know, too decontextualized, keeping all of that going forward. And, you know, like you mentioned, you might have mentioned this off here, but how, you know, softball is a little bit behind, but hey, mm-hmm. like keep pioneering that that's that, uh, you know, the, the science type of, uh, of of approach to the game and, and keep progressing it. I'll, I'll keep doing that for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, before I let you go, where can, uh, you know, if coaches are interested in find out a little bit more about you or, you know, maybe they have a, a softball player at home, you know, where, where can they reach out and, and find you? The best place to go look is on my website. It's coachataclick.com. Um, you can also email me. It's Courtney at coachataclick.com. Uh, so that's pretty easy to get to me. And um, social media handles, my social, my YouTube channel is Coach at a Click. Uh, my social media is actually my coachology. So my coachology is my Instagram stuff. I think I'm still Coach at a Click on Twitter, but I don't get on that very much. Um, so yeah, my, email me. There you go. Love email it. me or get in touch with my husband right garrison there you go that's it <laughs> he's the man yeah tell brian that you need to get in touch with me that's probably the quickest way <laughs> we got brian we got it connected we got on on this episode but yes awesome i appreciate you coming on and and for those of you listening stay in the zone <laughs>